City Video. This is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is a spe- very special episode in the sense that uh, we took a poll on our Twitter account and allowed some folks to dictate which episode we would do next. Mm-hmm. My idea was that we would talk about a TV pilot that never made it to series. Yeah. We offered a number of options that were f- essentially follow-ups to things we'd previously discussed. And the one that won out uh, with a surprising 11th hour victory was actually Clerks. A 1995 live action pilot, not to be confused with the 1999 animated series that was actually kind of enjoyable. Yes, true story. <laughs> so, I am Russ Burlingame. With me tonight is Zach Roberts. Zach, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. For some reason, the one time I missed the beat of saying, hello, how goes it? <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, we're going to be talking about Clerks. This is a 1995 live action pilot. I don't recall what network it was made for, but, uh, the pilot starred, I think it was ABC because I think ABC still had its ties to the Weinstein company, even though it wasn't technically owned by Disney yet. Yeah. Uh, this starred Andrew Lowry as Dante Hicks. Jim Brewer, who you may remember from Half Baked as Randall Graves, mm-hmm. and a handful of other actors you've probably never heard of. Although Carrie Russell did play a role as essentially a glorified extra whose job yep. was to be hot. Yes. Uh, she succeeded. True. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, it's, it's, it's 20 years on, 25 years on from this pilot, and I don't think she's ever failed at that job, actually. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, true story. But, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting because this was indeed before Felicity. Uh, it was about three years before. It was she was not like brand new to the universe yet. She had already made appearances in the Bon Jovi, um, bon Jovi video and on Married with Children. But uh, had this gone to series, this probably would have been the first thing that people recognized her from. Because it wasn't until a year later that she got a role on Malibu Shores, which was her first series regular gig. True, true. Uh, like I said, with Jim Brewer, he's the only other really recognizable member of the cast. And he is like, he did a bunch of stuff around this time. I feel like he probably still exists in Hollywood, but, uh, oh yeah, actually he was a series regular, or no, he was not a series regular. He was a recurring guest star on Kevin Can Wait, which I believe was just canceled. Thank Lord. Um, <laughs> uh, the, he's, he's also had roles in Turbo Fast, Motor City, The Zookeeper, and, uh, oh, Larry the Cable Guy's Christmas Spectacular. So you know he's classy. Uh, well, he, he was, I mean, Saturday Night Live is probably where you'll, I mean, I, I think you'd recognize Jim Brewer anyway, but, uh, but, uh, Saturday Night I, Live. I genuinely forgot. Yeah, I genuinely forgot he was from SNL, but you're right. Yeah, they actually had a DVD at Emerald City that was like the Jim Brewer's best sketches from from uh, SNL. Yeah. Uh, for the purposes of this, uh, for the purposes of this pilot, they actually added a third clerk, uh, yeah. so that it wasn't just Dante and Randall, but there was Dante, Randall, and Ray. And Ray, uh, weirdly enough, is played by Bodie Elfman, who yes is Jenna Elfman's husband. Uh, 
officially that is the best thing he's done in his career. Um, he he's had uh minor roles on a number of shows including a recurring role in criminal minds a recurring role on touch and a recurring role on misadventures and matchmaking i mean so and this Darman, is not a guy who's Darman and greg yeah although <laughs> it looks like he played three different characters in three different episodes which was probably just the kind of thing where he was on set that day <laughs> True, true. Uh, but so, yeah, uh, you probably have not seen this. If you have not seen it, you can see it on YouTube for free. It is a it's bizarre and – yeah, exactly. It, it was no, never not, commercially not only, released. No, not, not as in like it's not commercially released, but for free. I was focusing on that, that oh, portion oh, oh, of yes, it. Yes. <laughs> not the format, but the, the, the uh, expense. That's what I was focusing on on that comment. Which is fair. Yes. 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 Uh, I mean, there are good pilots that don't go to series. It does happen occasionally. True. This is not one of them. Yep. Uh, but there are, there are good pilots that don't go to series for a number of reasons. Uh, this, however, is kind of notoriously bad. Uh, I can't remember what Kevin Smith might have said about the show, except that I remember hearing years ago that he hated it. Yeah. Uh, I do know early in Smith's career, uh, you know, Clerks came and it was this massive, uh, massive, massive success, at least relative to scale. Yeah. And so there was a, like, at, at one point they talked about doing a Clerks remake. Uh, when, when Smith sold the rights to the film to Miramax, uh, Jim Jacks from Universal, I think, pursued them about the potential of doing a remake in color with name actors. Uh, I, the one that sticks out in my head is I remember that they wanted Drew Barrymore for one of the roles. <laughs> that would have been fascinating. And, yeah, I, I, if you listen to the commentary track on, I think, Clerks the Cartoon, they give you a pretty good overview of how the the Clerks remake that Kevin Smith never wanted almost happened. Yeah. But instead he talked them into doing Mallrats, which in the grand scheme of things, which was a win for the fans and a loss for Universal, who uh of course kept it in theaters for about ten days. Yeah. But so this uh this film based or this uh excuse me it's not a film this is a TV pilot it's about 22 minutes uh and and basically it is exactly what you might expect from a sitcom pilot in the mid 90s based on clerks it feels very frenzy yeah, uh, yeah. it's got a laugh track it's got oh, Jim Brewer yeah and yeah, uh, the, the the general plot of it is, in as much as there is a plot for a sitcom pilot, is Dante, Randall, and Ray are essentially these three slackers who work at a block of stores. Ray, the additional guy, is actually somebody who works as essentially a soda jerk at an ice cream shop. You also have Randall and Dante who work in a video store and a convenience Wait, store, the respectively. Soda, the soda jerk Todd, or am I mixing them up? Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> let me see. 
No, you're right. You're right. Who is Ray is, then? Isn't Ray um, Randall? Basically, no, no, because Jim Brewer was Randall. Like he actually played Randall. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Randall. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it right now. Who is I? Th- I think Ray is the other clerk, and Rick Gomez, who played Todd. I think Todd is the handsome lawyer guy. Yes. Shockingly, they don't have any photos from the set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I could be wrong, but uh, I believe that Bodie Elfman plays the third clerk, which is who is named Ray, and that Todd is the lawyer. Uh, they have a high school classmate. Yeah. Uh, the weirdly, funny thing about that, of course, yeah, uh, the funny thing about that, of course, is that the character of Todd is essentially Jason Lee's character from yes. Clerks 2. Yeah, <laughs> because it's literally like, one of the recommended on YouTube. It's one of the recommended deleted scenes from Clerks 2. Um, so I was yeah. like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've seen this character before. And it's, it's so weird because it's the one thing from this that ever would have carried over into the real viewist yeah. universe such as it is. Although yeah. I don't, I have a hard time believing that Smith was thinking of this pilot when he wrote the Lee part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, or maybe he was and he was like, I just want everyone to ever forget that that was ever happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Obviously, this, the bare-bones setup of this is similar to the bare-bones setup of Clerks in the sense that it all happens in roughly a day, and uh, it centers around these three guys who work in the block of stores. But uh, there's a lot of differences. First of all, Dante is like more aggressively a slacker in this show. I feel like in the movie, he was just kind of lazy, yeah. uh, where, whereas in – in the mo- in this show, he's like it's like a a, a lifestyle choice for him. Yeah. He's like angry when people are trying to get him to change. Also, I mean, in the in the movie, we were kind of immediately introduced to him being overworked, um, and yeah. the fact that there, because there's the manager or the the owner um, who is basically demanding expecting everything of him. So it's not even necessarily that he's lazy in the movie. It's the fact that he has a boss that for some reason he like kowtows to continually. Yeah. Um, so he's just continually busy and just doesn't have basically doesn't have the time, doesn't have the basically gumption other than the hours that he works because he's covering other people's shifts and whatever. Yeah. I, honestly, I hate to say, like, at this point, it may also be blending in my remembrance of Clerks, maybe blending in with the uh, the animated series, because honestly, I, I have at this point watched the animated series by far more times and more recently than the original movie. No, that's uh, actually – you're pretty right. I Actually, <laughs> I, I, I prefer the animated series version where he feels essentially trapped and scared, yes. in which case, like, if you take animated series – Dante, he yeah. would have jumped at the chance to get these like job interviews that his dad tries to hook him up with. Yeah. yeah. It uh, does. I mean, I will say though, it does have, even though it's really heavy handed, it does have the, uh, uh, Randall aspect where he's like, no, 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 Dante, you can't go out into the real world and yeah. kind of, you know, expand beyond us, which is, you know, which is kind of an overwhelming. I'm just, Cause I'm trying, you know, watching it, the, I watched it like one and a half times. I watched it, I think years, 
maybe maybe not years ago, but maybe right. I, I maybe years ago because I'm looking at this and seeing 2015 when it was uploaded at least from here, huh. and I'm seeing a whole bunch of articles from 2015 when it was when it, maybe when it was uploaded. Um, but trying to figure out the kind of comparisons, like where like the heart of the inspiration was from this, whether yeah. you know, I mean, it's hard. It's always whenever these series happen from from a product like clerks like the original clerks um it's always been like i don't really necessarily believe that the writers in this writer's room that was creating this show ever actually watched the movie more than once and we're yeah. like okay i get the gist i don't need to watch it anymore um i mean they clearly didn't talk to kevin <laughs> at all yeah i mean I, I who knows whether kevin was like oh dear god I saw the cast list and I saw the, you know, I saw everything. I don't want anything to do with it. But on, uh, but on the other hand, this was still relatively early on. Was it mm-hmm. three years after? When was Clerks? Uh, no, this was literally a year after Clerks. Really? Clerks. That quick. Wow. Yeah. Clerks was 1994. This, yeah. according to the internet, was 1995. Yeah. That's, see, I mean, it's actually, I mean, this is actually kind of an amazing thing. I mean, uh, again, we, we tweet, we, we tweeted at, at Kevin, um, uh, to, to find a and like, response because, and poor, poor Jim Brewer will get hit by shrapnel if anybody says anything. Cause I tagged him in it as like, to clarify, we're talking about the one with Jim Brewer. Uh, yeah. Um, but it, but it is fascinating because again, this is, this is such a, an interesting area, which it's, it's also interesting with the, the haze, the very smelly haze of, of Weinstein going to jail. Oh, um, yeah. Or no, no, he's not. I'm sorry. He's not going to jail. He's a rich person. So he's, he has a, uh, a little bracelet on and he's able to travel to his homes in New York City and Connecticut, uh, because he's a rich person and yeah. clearly more important than most people. Um, but, uh, but it is interesting within, within thinking about that era where yeah. like a film that had, thir- what was it made for $30,000 or so? Yeah. I think 35. Um, yeah. Yeah. A year later. <laughs> A year later has as a sitcom, you know, pilot made. And Did, I will I mean, I will say on on paper you can kind of understand it because it's it, until Blair Witch, this was the highest return on investment in Hollywood yeah. history. Yeah. Because even though it didn't make a ton of money, it made like ten million or some crazy thing. And that was enough to be a massive, massive return on investment for a thirty thousand dollar movie that they probably yeah. I think I think Miramax bought for 500 grand. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and it's still <laughs> budget. I was just looking at, yeah, $3.2 million. I feel like it made more than that, but, um, yeah, I, I, it may have made only 3 million, but even then it, it still made. Well, I mean, it, well, I mean when I was talking times, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting era in, in, uh, because this is, this is really when independent film was a thing. Not like in the, in the mid to late nineties, even like, you know, basically after this sitcom, you know, a couple of years later when Pulp Fiction was an indie film and it had, yeah. you know, Bruce, fucking Bruce Willis in it in, in the mid nineties, yeah. like that's not an independent film. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like clerks, the fact that it had no one at all recognizable whatsoever in it and no one that even would become, you know, recognizable outside of the, you know, askew universe. Um, askewverse? Yeah. Skewverse? What is it? A skewniverse. It's skewniverse. Okay. I apologize, Kevin. 
Although technically it's the view askew universe. I don't mm-hmm. think that, I think it, it got named early enough that nobody was really thinking about Twitter to hashtags. <laughs> true, true. But yeah, uh, it, it, it is, this is a fascinating artifact. And like I said, the fact that they wanted at one point to remake the film as like a mainstream, you know, Drew Barrymore kind of movie, yeah. which is, it's also kind of funny because I associate Drew Barrymore with kind of some of the worst of these things because, uh, I remember yeah. seeing her in the American version of Pitch Perfect or not Pitch, uh, Fever Pitch, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And it's just one of the, I, I love, Nick Hornby, obviously High Fidelity is a masterpiece, but, uh, the cheap ass 1995, I think, BBC TV version with Colin Firth. Yeah. It is so much better. And I say this as a person who loves baseball and gives zero fucks about soccer, but, (laughs) but the BBC version is just so much better. It's, it, I mean, the the BBC one also like has nothing to do it, it, well it has a lot to do with it, the film itself I mean the film itself has nothing to do with uh either film has it shouldn't have anything to do with about the sport it's about yeah, you know yeah. it's about the love of the sport um right and which is basically all of Hornby's books are about the love the over love <laughs> of yeah, whatever yeah. the product is music sports etc. Um, but yeah, but anyway, but it is, but it is, it's such a weird, uh, time period, the, the mid nineties where you had these indie films, you had super low budget indie films that were getting a lot of, a lot of attention, which it's also kind of confusing how they were getting any attention. Like how in the, how in the fuck was, were any of these films getting any sort of attention whatsoever? Because we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have social media, we didn't have any way, we didn't have a real, a real internet that people talked about these things. But somehow, like, it was 90, it was out on VHS, and I saw it, Um yeah, I saw Clerks, and I remember being, I'm 14, so it was like, and somehow I knew it was a film to watch. And I have no, I, I literally have not a clue on how, I knew that it was a film that I should watch. <laughs> like, because I wasn't reading trades back then. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? I, mean, I mean, it would be another was, two years before I'd start doing that, but it was probably just chimneys. Honestly, I feel like, I mean, the fact that it was there, but I Rose, you know, I mean, Rose would have never recommended it to me because she was like my de facto video store mom. Um, so <laughs> I don't think that she would have recommended me as a 14 year old to watch this. <laughs> The yeah, fact that she fair. allowed me to rent it is a whole different deal. Um, but you know, yeah. that's, you know, that's, I, I give her credit wherever she is. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, I wouldn't be the, you know, out of work, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, not that I would be. I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, probably if it wasn't for Rose. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but it's, it's, it is interesting because it's like, it, it, but, but so many of the there's a, there's a bunch of films that, and I'm blanking on any titles right now. But there's a bunch of films that were either super low budget shorts or or low budget films that were then turned into new properties. Um, which yeah. I feel like that doesn't happen as much now. Like I can't think. No, not really. Yeah, it's just like I can't I mean, think about of a low it. budget indie film that then is like, oh no, we're gonna put we're gonna put uh, you know. 
we're going to put Chris Evans in the, you know, in the main role and we're going to do this and this and this. No, it's just like yeah. one or the other. Like it gets done. I get maybe it's the fact that Hollywood is just open to quirkier stuff now, potentially as long as you can at- get a, a big actor attached to it or yeah, I don't know what, you know, it, it and it's, it was such a weird time. I mean, it was a gr- fucking fantastic time to be a film geek. Um, growing yeah. up as a teenager, I mean, uh, let's say at least with a place where, where you had chimneys and you had things like that. I mean, cause I don't know how, if you lived somewhere else that didn't have a good video store, fuck, I guess you would have never seen any of this shit <laughs> if you just had Blockbuster, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird because obviously I like, even before I moved to DeWitt uh, or yeah. to Jamesville, I lived in, a small like redneck town, but we still had a family owned video store in our little strip mall. And there was no blockbuster in town because we weren't big enough to support it. And there was one like, <laughs> you know, 10, 11 minutes away in Liverpool. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, even before chimneys, like the, the three rivers video, which is what we had in Phoenix was not nearly as good as chimneys, but it did have a kind of broad cross section of everything because it was the only game in town and they knew that they had to apply appeal to everybody. Yeah. Uh, I I realized we're this far in and we haven't really even talked about the show itself. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, first of all, has, has Jim Brewer ever really been funny? <sighs> I'm trying to remember why I thought he might be funny, but uh, I can't actually think of a reason why. Um. <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of this, a lot of the failure of this boils down to a fundamental failure to understand clerks. Yeah. Uh, first of all, yeah. Okay, what? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think that I, I feel a feeling that you were going on to it, but I mean, like, I feel like it's not even an understanding of Clerks because the reason that this isn't necessarily good isn't because it's not a good translation of Clerks. It's because it's, well, I mean, never mind. It's not funny <laughs> that, that it's not that funny. Um, but, and even in the, it's not even funny in the level of like mid nineties sitcoms. Um, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't really get to the humor of the situation. It's like, there's a reason why they pop out, you know, um, studios pop out 8,000, um, dopey husband, smart, sexy wife comedies on a, on a, on on any given moment, you know, King of the Hill and, and everything else, not King of the Hill, uh, King of Queens, (laughs) King of Queens, King of the Hill is not an example of that. Um, (laughs) no offense to, uh, Oh, fuck, I forgot uh, the white Peggy, yeah, Peggy Peg- Hill. Yeah, no offense to Peggy Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but there's the they have a hard time a lot of times. I think uh, grasping into the world of the humor of I guess retail and and if you kind of think about that, I mean like retail and even like I think they can kind of figure out for some reason or at least successfully. I wouldn't say that they actually it's funny, but. Uh, was it two girls in a pizza place or whatever the, well, God, what's the, yeah, two, but I think it was no, two guys, two a girl girls. in a pizza place. 
<laughs> I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Um, the one of the longer running, they can figure out food service pretty well for some reason, but yeah. for some reason, like actual clerking. I mean, there's been, there's been like a Walmart ripoff series that hasn't really done amazingly well. There's, there's, you know, there's been a, there's been a ton of different sitcoms and for some reason they can't get the banality. I guess maybe it's the fact that it's the banality of working, um, uh, you know, of working retail or working ser- service jobs like this. Um, that's something I wonder that too how much of does really well. I, well, I wonder too how much of it is the fact that, uh, people who are writing for Hollywood, generally speaking, are people who have lived in major cities. Yeah. And retail in major cities is very different than retail in the middle of East Jesus nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this show, in spite of the fact that it, that it, the setting doesn't matter at all, mm-hmm. it still does take place in New Jersey, as is kind of evidenced by the New Jersey lottery signs. Yep. So, entirely prevalent that I wonder whether it's just to tell you that they're from Jersey or if it's a paid, paid product placement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I feel like there's a difference between big city retail where you're constantly busy. And the biggest thing is how jerky people are yeah. and like small town retail where most of your time is spent being bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, it's, 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 in, it's hard to parse because both of us have worked small time retail yeah. jobs where you're paid to physically be there because they have to have the doors unlocked. And so that's why you're there. <laughs> and, and like that misses the point so much. And because a part like such the, and again, this is going into why, why it doesn't work as a clerk's, um, you know, yeah. uh, property, um, is the fact that like, the fact that like the clerks universe, they were busy enough that them not being there was a thing and why they'd be, if they yeah. were over the video, I, like, and it, it's interesting too, because they don't do for a pilot. <laughs> they don't do any fucking world building, um, which is, I get that it's a, you know, it's a, a 22 minute sitcom that's, you know, mm-hmm. probably was planned to be a mid season replacement for something. Um, yeah. but you do some level of world building so that you know why they're there in this place as opposed to in California or in Montana or Alaska or whatever else. And, and it's just like, it's weird because like New Jersey, even I think to the rest of the country is a thing. It like, as yeah. opposed to, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like as opposed to upstate New York or something like that, like upstate New York yeah. is not a thing that people know about or like, if it was Springfield, Massachusetts, like who the fuck cares? Like it's anywhere else in the country, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not Texas. Texas is a thing. New Jersey is a thing, you know, thanks to Bruce Springsteen and everybody else. Like people know New Jersey as opposed to even Long Island, you know, I mean like, and so it's like weird that they don't do any sort of building, which, you know, to, if they were to continue at least within the world or at least the vague idea of clerks, the fact that it's New Jersey as opposed to somewhere else is kind of important. Um, right. you know, right. just in so much as they're vaguely close to other things as opposed to it being in Wichita and it means they're in nowhere. You know, it's not Fargo. Yeah. It's, you know, but, um, but, or even, you know, anything about the characters or anything else, you know, about the, about the store itself. There's no wide shot of the, of the block of stores, which is, you know, yeah. some, kind of an essential thing to placing which, why everyone is just in in their random stores 
Um, yeah, which is something I kind of assume the animated that... series builds really quickly, but this one doesn't. But... Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of assume that literally just boils down to they shot this pilot entirely on a soundstage and did not have exterior shots yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, interesting bit of trivia here that I did not, uh, I did not know. Uh, I, I just looked up the pilot on Wikipedia because I was looking for a little context. The character of Ray, who, as I said, is the third clerk, yeah. uh, in the original script was Jay. Oh. And so Kevin Smith apparently objected on the grounds that he owns the copyright to the characters of Jay and Silent Bob. And their solution was simply to change the character's name to Ray. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, according to Wikipedia, Smith was unaware of the production of the series until casting was underway and he saw <laughs> character breakdowns on the internet, I assume, uh, or in a trade. Uh, yeah. Smith had been in production on Mallrats at the time and attempted to become involved with the series, but became quickly disheartened as an episode he had written for the series was shot down. Uh, he would later use the script for an episode of Clerk the An- Clerks the Animated Series, and now I want to know which one that was. Yes, very much so. Uh, apparently he references it in the Three Evening with Kevin Smith, which I actually own, but I don't think I've seen. So I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Uh, O'Halloran and Anderson both auditioned for the role of Dante Hicks. <laughs> and uh, apparently because Randall had already been filled by Jim Brewer as part of the setup for getting the pilot made. After seeing the results, Smith said that it was terrible, and O'Halloran and Anderson both said they were glad they did not get the part. <laughs> and God. that, what I just read to you, is the entirety of what uh, what is on uh, Wikipedia about this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I am going to have to watch Three Evening and figure out what the deal is with that, because I do want to know now what episode of... Uh, I assume it was probably the Gerbils, Gerbils, Gerbils episode because I can't imagine any other episode of the show working in the live action capacity, yeah. but who yeah. knows. Uh, anyway, uh, that, sorry I interrupted, but I thought it was worthwhile to mention that apparently Ray was supposed to be Jay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, but still not really at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which either means uh, that they changed it after Kevin said something. Um, or they just deeply don't understand <laughs> what Jay was about. Or again, they just saw a character breakdown of what the movie was and were like, yeah. okay, he's a vague stoner or something like that. I don't know what. <laughs> I think the, uh, I think one thing that, uh, is, I think that it was a mistake to add a third clerk because it fundamentally changes the dynamic between Dante and Randall, which is the core of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it doesn't help that everybody in the movie or everybody in the pilot, including Dante, talks like Randall from the movie. Everybody wants you to know how smart and snarky they are all the time. Yeah. And so the the dynamic of having essentially a smart ass and a straight man is entirely gone. Uh, yeah. And and so that to me was probably the biggest reason that this was destined to fail. I mean, the script was bad for a lot of reasons, and so I don't think that this would have worked. But I do think that fundamental change to the to the way that the the dynamics of the movie worked makes this almost impossible to sell. 
Yeah. Like there probably is a version of this pilot that you could write that's good, but you have to go so far to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the moving parts, I, I don't even say the moving parts are there, but, but yeah, if you don't have a, I mean, you can't have, you can't have two Costellos. You can't have two, <laughs> like you can't have two humor, like everyone in a show can't be funny unless it's, you know, I mean, even community, yeah. everyone in the show is funny. But they're funny in a straight way. They're, I mean, that's one of the, uh, actually, yeah, like this, yeah. maybe community is a bad example because it's actually one of the very few shows where everyone in the show is funny, but they're only funny within the context of the group. Um, but when you have two, you know, you usually just have one or, you know, you just have two people in the same room together. Um, both of those people can't be funny off of each other at least mm-hmm. at every moment. Like they can't be just doing one liners yeah. at each other. Otherwise that's just, I don't know what that is. That's like, I don't know us trying to be funny at each other. Yeah. <laughs> like on this podcast. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I, I will, uh, the funniest thing about the fact that everybody in the movie or everybody in the pilot feels like they were trying, it feels like the writers were trying to write Randall, for everybody. Yeah. The funniest thing then is that how many times Brewer does not feel like Randall. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's the line where he goes, where Dante's like pouring his heart out to him and he just goes, I'm sorry. I was thinking about pie. And <laughs> I'm like, that's a Jim, that's a Jim Brewer joke. That's not a Randall. Like, yes, Randall would be disrespectful and dismissive, but he would do it in a way that is, <sighs> Like fundamentally, the, the the scene at the end of Clerks where Randall essentially says, "Oh fuck you, you're the one who's making all these bad decisions, and I'm just enjoying your poor decisions." Yeah. Uh, this this pilot essentially shows Randall actively sabotaging Dante's decision making and basically trying to trying to screw things up for him that he's already you know and and. Yes, there's an element of that to the character of Randall in the, in the movie and in the animated series, yeah. but it's a bad starting point for the character because that's not the core of his character. It's just a small aspect of him. Well, he doesn't, I mean, the different, I, I think also, I mean, again, it, like in my, in my headspace, I'm trying to critique it as its own thing as opposed to the direct compare as a influence, right, right. not a direct comparison, but everything like, Kevin has been relatively consistent. I mean, I wouldn't say even relatively. He's been very consistent with the character of Randall um, through the entire, all, all of the films that it's not purposeful. It's just through happenstance mm. through the, it's not, it's not that Randall is saying, Oh, look, you know, he's about to drive to his interview. I'm going to make a flat tire uh, on yeah. his car. He, he then would decide, oh no, I'm having, I'm having a moment. I need to go drive, you know, I need to go to the go-kart race. Like, and thus I need to go do this. And thus Randall or Dante being the good friend that he is decides to cancel the interview and then go to, right. you know, go-karts or something like that. There's always yeah. some reason and it's not, it's, it's definitely purposeful, but it's not, I guess it's not like, you know, yeah, it's not a malicious, like, you know, malicious. Yeah. Um, because he knows that Dante is, 
is more is is going to go is going to go away unless he does or he doesn't know it. I'm sorry. He thinks it because it's not a fact. I mean, Dante, I think, has proven through all the films that he would stay around and be with Randall Mm -hmm. no matter what. It's just that, you know, he also wants to have a life outside of Randall. Um, <laughs> you know, he is the, you know, as, as was it, uh, I forget which film it was when, uh, or film or TV show or whatever it was when he, when, uh, you know, Jay says my hetero life mate, that's, that's, that's the essential, like there's, there's two characters, yeah, yeah. you know, there's four characters in, in the clerk's world that really matter. And, uh, and they're, mm-hmm. they're two pairs of hetero life mates, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think by the way that was in I think the first time they said that was in uh it was either in Mallrats or in Strike Back, I think. Uh cuz I think I, I I feel like he introduced himself as like I'm Jay and this is my hetero life mate Silent Bob. Uh Actually, you know what? I think I'm wrong. I think that was when he met Chris Rock in Dogma. Uh but anyway. Yeah, I think you're right too. Yeah. Uh, uh one weird note that I had the fact that when they have the like dinner and a movie date in the video mm-hmm. store and it's little women and the mm-hmm. fact that the, the picture quality, because this is, you know, obviously the only way to see this is a bootleg on, on YouTube or something. So the picture quality is like 240 P or whatever it is. I, 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 it makes me wonder if any of the movies are actually real because I can't actually tell what the posters are or what the tapes are from the picture that we have. Yeah, and obviously, Little Women is something that yes, it does exist as a movie, but it's also a public domain book. Yeah, and that <laughs> to me that was only worthwhile because obviously, in Clerks, you saw a number of movies in the background that were all identifiable by their box art, and yeah. there was the ooh Navy Seals reference, and <laughs> it they do obviously have the bit where Randall spoils the ending of a bunch of twist movies uh, that that one lady wanted to rent. Yeah. Uh, so it clearly like they were still willing to go into the, like the comedy of pop culture references, except, but it just kind of makes me. Except there that I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe that Randall would have destroyed the endings of things like the crying game. It would have been like, whatever the 90s equivalent of like Sharknado is or something like that. Like I just yeah. felt like that was a little too malicious, like purposely malicious than the usual comedy that he would have been like, yeah, it just, it, 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 that, that was actually one that was like the moment that I'm like, okay, like this is just bad writing. It's bad writing. It's bad writing. It doesn't necessarily yeah. get the character wrong. Like as at least it was originally done. But it definitely gets like, but that scene, I was like, no, I don't, I don't believe that he would have been a dick to give away like the endings of actually good films. Like, no, he would have been like, fair. Or something like that. Like, I, I, that was my whole thing. We we're like, you know, I mean, like, you know, because almost all of the films that he lists, I'm trying to remember what the, all of them were, but Crying Game one was the biggest one where yeah. I'm like, no, Randall, I think would have punched somebody in the face maybe if they had given away the ending of, you know, if they had said, you know, about, you know, what Rosebud was or something like, you know, or like, you yeah. know, usual suspects. Like to me, that's the character is that, you know, no, it, no, no. He is a, unless of course, you know, I mean, unless of course in this world, he thinks the crying game is a shit film, then I guess he yeah. would have said something. But, you know, I don't think that many people think that crying game, many film geeks 
which is something that yeah, he yeah. in generally, you know, and, and it, which is disappointing again, just because it's like, okay, if this was to become a series, then you go, wait, what kind of film geek is he? Because he doesn't seem to like film that much. Um, yeah, he's just, yeah. then he's just an annoyed clerk. And that's kind of, I mean, it's like those essential things to, again, it doesn't build a character. It builds just Jim Brewer, you know, and, and that's yeah, not it, saying, it builds a single joke that you can repeat over and over again. Yeah. And it's not negative against Jim Brewer necessarily. It's just negative against the fact that it doesn't build, like it just builds that, okay, well, Randall's a dick and that's mm-hmm. not that interesting. You know, I mean, that's, you know, um, uh, third rock from the sun, sort of not third rock. I'm yeah. sorry about third rock from the sun. No, what's the, uh, rock. no, I'm not thinking of fuck the, 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 um, geek, uh, the terrible fucking the big bang theory, big bang theory. Yes. That's like big bang theory shit, you know, where they build, it's funny, I, like, oh, he's just an asshole. Like, okay, but he's yeah. a geek. He's smart. Yeah. This to me, this feels very much like big bang theory or mm-hmm. it feels very much like, uh, Two and a half men. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it's as terrible as this pilot is, and as much as it fundamentally fails to understand what worked about the movie, yeah. I do kind of feel like in the right circumstance, this could have legitimately gone to series. Yeah. There are there are other shows that are similar sensibilities and similar senses of humor that have run for like ten years. And we're just kind of lucky that this one didn't take. Yes, uh, thank Lord. Uh, I, I will say the the lack of understanding, but willingness to kind of engage with the the source material. Uh, besides the New Jersey lottery thing, the only thing that really feels very clerksy to me in terms of like what they do and the 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 like the backdrop and the visual and the blah 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 is. Dante tries to ply Randall or uh, Randall tries to ply Dante with bagel hockey. And I'm like, yeah. Oh look, they made a hockey reference. That's, that's a thing. Um, yeah. You, we, I, you and I, I don't think we talked about this since we started recording. We were just talking about it, on, but the fact that it's like a sterile clean strip mall is also, it's, it's, it makes the whole thing work less because you look at this place and it's like, isn't there corporate? Like, isn't there somebody who's going to check in occasionally? Yeah. Whereas in, in, in the movie, like it was so run down and it was so local and it was so clearly like, you know, a hole yeah. in the wall that you could a hundred percent believe that, okay, well the owner doesn't care as long as they're making money. Yeah. And, and that was, I mean, honestly, that was like my, like I joked with you before that I made two notes about the whole show mm-hmm. and it was, one was, oh God, the laugh track was just so terrible and unneeded. Um, honestly, yes. I, I'd be very interested to watch the show again without the laugh track because I think it actually would be better. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, it, it was not a movie or it was not a show yep. where the places you were supposed to laugh weren't obvious. Mm-hmm. Like whether or not the jokes landed is a whole other thing, but yeah. it was clear where the jokes were. You did not yeah. need a laugh track. It also was not your normal ha 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 laugh track. You know, I mean, it wasn't your normal laugh track. It, it seemed to have a different level of like, I, I really believe there was, there's 20 people in a room told when to laugh and like, this is a yeah. new fresh laugh. Cause it, it just like, it had a different level than most. Like it was like people were physically 
like this is a live this is filmed on a live you know or you yeah, know filmed yeah. on a live audience which clearly just based on ev- fucking everything it's not um right right and then the other one was uh, oh god why did they change the set um those are the two yeah. that I made and because to me again which it it builds a lot onto what you were saying which is this actually looks like a real thing, which it's funny because at the opening, it, the opening uh, scene, you see Rose Market movies or whatever, which I'm still not 100% convinced uh, it, it isn't just literally something whoever uploaded this video put on to the beginning because it so yeah. doesn't match the interior. Not only size wise, practically it doesn't look like it, but it's also not the sort of strip mall that, that once you get inside, you're like, well, wait, neither of these places look like I guess maybe the video store kind of looks like the type of thing, but I've never been yeah. in a video store that it's is small that has a couch in it or has chairs in it no. and things like that. So it's just yeah. like, but whatever. But, um, but in general, yeah, it doesn't, you know, like I, if you're building in any way, shape and form off of a property that at least had a lot of buzz on it. And again, I don't, I don't know what the buzz was in 1995 about clerks. Yeah. Like, obviously to a mainstream audience or whatever, but if you're at least going, well, you know, a hundred thousand people might tune in because they love tune into this and you're betting on that base audience, just knowing, you know, I mean, knowing Mm -hmm. like if you're going to do an esoteric comic book, you're going, okay, well at least, you know, 50,000 people have ever bought this comic book and hopefully we do this show. Yeah. And if at least those 50,000 people tune in, we got to have at least the little edge of it. Like the, so much of the, movie so much of the clerks the movie is based on that front the the them sitting behind the cigarette counter and everything else and having yeah. that and i don't have any understanding why you would build a, a much more three-dimensional set for people and then not use it like if you're gonna have like if you're gonna have a set that's like has depth to it then you have you got to have some random person behind them like using the slushy machine while they're doing you know doing their bits um and then they don't do yeah. that though <laughs> so it's like it's yeah like, no it's true it's i hadn't thought about it but you're right they built that whole set and then the whole thing feels like the the camera angles still feel incredibly static it feels like they're shooting for the set that Kevin Smith had yeah and and but they're shooting in a set that is bigger, better lit, cleaner, and that you could have done a lot more stuff with. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's so and yeah, that's a that's a. It's deeply confusing too because it's like as a pilot, um, and again, this is starting to get into the world of what I would have done, sort of thing, which is you know bad reviewing, but we always do this um, because on this podcast we're not good reviewers. Um, but. Fair. <laughs> But that's not the point of a podcast. So, uh, or at least when this sort of podcast, but, uh, you know, it's like you have the open, you have the setup of clerks, which is, you know, the sign in the front, the heart ganking in the door, the gates going up. How do you not spend that five minutes of the show doing that? Which is not only yeah. again, world building. This is like to me, episode 14, not yeah. episode like this is like, Oh shit. We have to do 15 episodes of this show. Okay, whatever. You know, like, because mm-hmm. not only do we already seemingly have to know these characters, which again, I think that it would be interesting to have like somebody who's never saw clerks and doesn't know the, yeah. the view, you know, the universe, um, to watch this and just go, they, 
they actually, maybe they would enjoy this, but they probably go, well, wait, this is like episode four of something, right? This is not the first, this is, can't be a pilot of something. Yeah. Um, because like, you gotta have that opening. I mean, like, not only, again, to pull in the like, you know, 100,000 people who saw the film who might tune in then to watch the TV show, but, but also just because it's like a no shit dot, like Kevin Smith gave you a gift of yeah. the world and it, and you know, and otherwise like, okay, I guess this is just a, um, this is just a, another sitcom. We're not actually yeah. having any inspiration from anything other than Dante and Randall as names. And that's it. Like, yeah. I, don't know. I will say the, uh, the Richard Day, who was expected to be the showrunner of this had it series. Uh, he has worked on Arrested Development, Spin City, Roseanne, Mad About You, and Aliens in America. And all I can think is, of course, the, this comes from somebody who worked on Roseanne and Mad About You. <laughs> like, it, it fundamentally feels like somebody who has done those kinds of show. But it uh, doesn't get the, I mean, it's weird because like, so I mean, Roseanne, again, understands the static nature of, like, shots and things like that. And, like, you think about Roseanne, there's one shot. There's only... I mean, mm-hmm. even though there's a kitchen shot and there's a bedroom shot and then every once in a while there's a another bedroom shot uh, with one of the daughters. But, like, there's one mm-hmm. fucking shot. It's the shot behind the TV. It's the Simpsons shot. The shot behind the TV pointing at the couch. And... And it's, you know, and it's like, well, this, this is what this whole, this is what, this is what Clerks is about is the static one shot. There's a whole bunch of other Mm -hmm. shots, but essential to the entire, the only way that the show, the only way that the movie works in itself is that Kevin was able to pull off great dialogue and great action within that one scene, which is something again, weird that the, the, the animated series is able to pull off fucking so well. They have that same yeah. static shot, and you think about like thing all the things that happen in front of that static shot, like you know there there's the uh the lawsuit episode where um mm-hmm. <laughs> where, I'm sorry, I'm just now I'm just laughing at remembering it uh, <laughs> but you know uh, but where uh Jay slips and falls, and you know the lawsuit happens, yeah. and then you know i mean it's just there's there's just so many great scenes in front of that, and you're going. And that's part of the, that's so much essential to the humor of the clerk's world is that it's this right. simple shot and it's a play. It's not a TV show. It's basically, it's just a play that's happening out in front of you and there's a stage and those, the characters are using the performance space. This, and it's even surprising because I, my one other note after that was why in the fucking hell every single time they stop to talk, do they need to jump up on the counter or jump up on the car? Have you, did you notice yeah. that? Like every single fucking time there's more than one character that stops and talks. One or two of them jump up on the counter or jump up on the car that they're sitting next to and start to chat because they can't just stand there or they can't move. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I guess that may have been. I, again, I feel like there's elements of this that feel like they're trying to draw something from the movie and just don't fully understand it. Yeah. Cause like obviously there's that shot 
that was used as a publicity photo for the film where like Dante is sitting there with his elbows on the counter and Randall's sitting on the counter talking or on the ice cream chest in front of the counter, excuse me, talking to him. And so maybe like they saw that shot and they were like, that's our, that's our hero shot. That's what we want to <laughs> recreate. Yeah. Uh, I, that's the only thing I can think of that makes any kind of sense. And, and again, like maybe because this, this pilot was being made at a time when the movie was barely out, uh, that would be a thing where they just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were like, well, that's going to be the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but all of that, but I mean, like, again, you know, it's like going back to what you said before, where it's just like, but all of that doesn't work if Dante isn't a separate character from yeah. Randall. And again, no, and, and that's, that's the funny thing is that they added a third clerk yeah. and it feels like all they really did was they added a third clerk and they took Dante, Randall and Jay and they made them all just variations on Randall. Yeah. And that's a big part of why the comedy doesn't work because there is no bouncing off. Like when you, especially now that I know that Ray is supposed to be Jay, it, it makes a little bit more sense what they did wrong. Yeah. It's like, you had Dante, Randall, and Jay, and like Dante is the straight man, Randall is the clown, and Jay is the outsider who is essentially the agent of chaos. Yeah. And instead, you basically have all three of them be variations on Randall, and it just feels like there's no there there. Like there's no actual like dynamic going on. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially considering it's not, I mean, I mean, like, you don't have three guys going after the same girl. You don't have, you know, there's not three people trying to be the same person, trying to impress a, a person or something like that. Like, I'm trying to think of what the justifications are here. I mean, like, the, the actress Noelle Parker, who plays, uh, Veronica, which mm -hmm. we haven't really talked about, is like more than good enough at her role. Like, she's, yeah. Up, I, I, for a sitcom version of of what Veronica would be, I think she's great. Mm -hmm. Um, especially yeah, when no, you put it in the context of the nineties. Um, fantastic. Um, which again I feel bad like looking I, at her looking at her uh filmography, it looks like literally that's what she basically did. She has like a ton of roles that she's done, but it's always been one <laughs> one off and it's almost all shows I've never heard of. Um Yeah. But yeah, it's it, and it's funny. I was gonna I was gonna kind of cover Veronica last because I guess this is this is as good a time as any to ask: Is there anything in this movie that you enjoyed, like, or in this this pilot that you yeah. enjoyed? Like, is there any part of it that you liked? I actually really I thought if there was a and and again this is like liked versus redeemable. Um, uh -huh. like, because I mean, it's a pilot, so you have to kind of, I, I don't know. I always think about it in the way of, okay, well, if this is the pilot, what are the things that if I'm a producer or whatever, looking at it going, this is what I want to see in the next episode. Um, and right. weirdly it's, um, it's Todd, which Todd is the, wait, no, it's not Todd. No, it's Todd. Yeah. Um, the lawyer Todd, guy. No, no, that's Cliff. Oh, oh, okay. Who's Todd? 
Um, Todd is the ice cream guy, isn't he? I don't think it's Ray. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was Ray, but. Which I think might be a deep, deep, also a statement upon the thing that we're all going with. Yeah, yeah. I had notes right. down Other that it was Todd and it looks like it's Rick Gomez, um, is the, is the actor playing Todd. And if you look at Todd, if you look at Rick Gomez, it's clearly Todd, um, yeah. 20 years later or whatever. Um, which, uh, also wait, he is in, was he in? He's been in All right, I'm trying to – Rick Gomez is the ice cream guy. Yes. Because I I just Googled him and pulled up a – He is also Endless uh, Mike from uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, Nice. From anybody else, yes. But but yeah, but no, but he's another one of those. He's a guy that – he was also in Band of Brothers. Um, He's had quite a a good career, um, but he's also just like a guy you vaguely recognize – um, yeah, anyway. yeah. So I literally that that being the case, I literally have no idea who Ray was. I don't know character. Is Ray Supposedly. the guy that keeps stealing things? Oh, you're right. Yes, that's who that. <laughs> who I actually, okay, I that. actually kind of enjoy too, even though he's that. Actually, that makes so much more sense knowing that he's supposed to be Jay, though, because like at least then you okay that that makes yes. sense. Yeah, it actually, yeah, which is also what you were saying. But, but also it's weird to me that those two characters are the ones that I actually am like, if I were to have to see a TV show with those two characters and, and two actors and everything, I'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll take those two characters. Uh, Dante and Randall though, either find new actors and find new writers attached, attached to them, um, or just get rid of them completely. Because yeah. his entire, um, um, there, not there, but, uh, Todd's entire kind of plot line with him, he seemed, he seemed a separate, he has seemed at least a, he was at least a separate character than Dante and Randall. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the trilogy, yeah. the three of them were completely just trying to be funny. He was at least either the butt of jokes or he would tell a different type of, he, he, he added a depth to Dante Randall, which ended up being the same character, just trying to be funny against yeah. each other, which doesn't work because you need to have two you can't just have two people trying to be funnier than each other. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, that, those are the two, like, that's actually what I liked. And by far the after credit sequence of them, like the one thing I was like, this is a clerk's moment. This is actually Mm -hmm. like, if I were to see uh, a TV show about this, this is the way I would have, I'd want to end every episode which is them sitting around watching security cam footage would be a fucking goddamn hilarious ending to every, every episode of clerks, the anime uh, clerks, the TV show. Yeah. And that was a fucking great moment because it shows again, it's also a great reference to back to the show uh, because it's black and white and it's, you know, whatever, but also it shows the complete, like they, (laughs) this guy robs every single fucking thing from the store Spoilers, sorry guys. Um, yeah. but, uh, robs everything, every single thing from the store. And clearly they all have jobs still because they're all laughing about it. Um, so yeah. like that's to me, that's clerks where literally they can burn down the store. They can do whatever the fuck they want and they still have a fucking job somehow from it because that's yeah. clerking. You know, I mean, it's like, especially in that desk in the, it's not best, you know, going to the local Best Buy. If you burned it, if you let somebody steal everything from your store, you know, from yeah. the local corporate chain, you're going to get fired. But if it's, if it's, you know, 
the Pompey Mall or if it's, you know, the local whatever, you're, you know, uh, what was it? Okay. What did you and Jim work for? Okay. Whatever gas Alaskan station. Alaskan oil convenience. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. A okay. Which you doesn't know, exist anymore. Yes, exactly. But it, you know, I mean, it's like the look, the tiny chains or the like, the one mom and pop shop that actually genuinely is a mom and pop shop that you might yeah. not actually get fired from that place because they know that it's too much trouble to get to hire somebody else for a job that pays minimum wage or, and has terrible hours. And, and like to mm-hmm. me, the last 30 seconds of this pilot was like, that's what I want. <laughs> I want. All of that. If I can get 30 mi- or 22 minutes of that every week, I'd watch that show. <laughs> What's funny is, uh, I, I didn't really pay that much attention to the post, to the like credits tag, but, uh, I, I, I had a similar thing, which is the very end of the show is what worked the best for me. Yeah. Uh, I liked the ending was kind of a cop out, but I did like the symmetry of if you're going to write a pilot where it should be a standalone thing as well as a springboard for the show. I liked the symmetry of Dante essentially having to willingly put himself in the situation that pissed him pissed him off so much at the beginning. Uh, and and I really like you were saying. I really like the the I like Veronica. I like both the girl who played Veronica and I like the way that she was characterized in the show. Uh, I feel like she was consistent with the way she was portrayed in the movie, but actually a little bit less shrill in a way that would make her more likable as a sitcom character that you have to watch every week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also because she was, I mean, in the, in the movie, I think she was, it, I, I, I would bet. And I, you know, Kevin, if for some reason you're listening, um, um, I would bet that, um, that was a character that Kevin wrote at the age that he was, um, right. And not a character that he would write now. Um, and that's kind of evidenced by the, work that he's done um, because yeah, there's not yeah. a character like that basically beyond clerks. I mean, even in mall rats, there's a little bit of that, but not anywhere in the shape and form that level. Like mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I, I've never read anything about it. But I feel like Veronica is a character like, or not a character is a human being that he knows. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because that's, you know, all of the first scripts that we write, um, like, which would, which would make sense because Alyssa yeah. is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but, uh, but beyond that, like, it's good. Uh, I, I, yeah, I like that she, especially there's the scene. Actually, you know what? There's, there's a scene in the, in the cop car in this, in this pilot that I kind of like. I don't like the fact that he, yeah. like, whoever the cop, okay, the cop is somebody actually recognizable too. Um, uh, but the, the scene where, like they say, uh, vaguely kind of sort of say, I love you to each other. Like that was actually yeah. a genuine kind of not only felt like a genuine scene to begin with, um, but right. also felt like a Kevin Smith scene, um, in general. Like it, it's like something out of Mallrats, um, yeah. uh, where they actually kind of go, uh, yeah, no, that, why would you put up with me if you think I'm such a failure? Yeah. Da, 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 you know, that sort of thing. Like that's kind of essential to almost every single Kevin Smith film. Um, I'll tell yeah. you maybe walrus, but, uh, or tusk, tusk, so, tusk, sorry. Tusk, sorry. tusk, yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Uh, to, to follow up on it, uh, Jay or Jack Plotnick is that actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has had recurring roles on Grace and Frankie, The Mentalist, uh, Reno 911, or 911, uh, Drawn Together, which is an animated series, Joan of Arcadia, and action. 
He's also done a handful of, of movies in small roles, TV shows in small roles, and he was deputy mayor of Sunnydale on Buffy the Vampire Slayer for a while. So you're right. He is one of the more recognizable folks from this. Uh, this is one of his very first roles. Uh, he started, as far as IMDb is concerned, his career in 1994. Oh. And by the time he, he was in the clerk's cartoon, or clerk's TV show in 1995, he had done an episode of something called Madman of the People, which I've never heard of, mm-hmm. and an episode of Murphy, Murphy Brown. And that yes. was it. Yes. Which, um, teaser we may be talking about soon, but. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, uh, the, and actually he was, I will say, as much as the, the cop himself was kind of like a mad character, the yeah. one, the, like the one beat in this whole thing that made me honestly laugh at, audibly was where Dante threw the paint cans down and, it, and the guy was just like, ow, ow, ow. I was just like, okay, you, you get that one. Okay. That's a <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which to me, I was just like, that was a nice little bit of business. It was totally unnecessary, and I almost yeah. wonder if it was like ad libbed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although my my guess is it probably wasn't ad libbed. Probably what it was because of the fact that it was clearly ADR. Uh, I, I can imagine them watching that scene and going like, "There's nothing funny going on," <laughs> and then just going like, "Well, what if we were? What if we looped in the cop like yeah. getting hit by the cans? Because <laughs> obviously, <laughs> in any event, though that that was like that." bit worked for me and then the fact that i liked veronica and really her best bits were at the very end uh meant that as the show was like drawing to a close the last like three minutes were where i was like okay like i watched 20 minutes of garbage but these last three minutes like i could see this being a show yeah yeah Uh, which is super which is super weird for a pilot (laughs) like yeah yeah like because you know because you're you're introducing a show that no one's ever seen uh knows nothing about has no reason to sit through for 22 minutes and and even during you know even during the the mid 90s when it wasn't like you know i watch if i watch a new show on netflix or whatever i watch like 45 seconds of it. And if it's not interesting me, I'm on to the, I'm back to a show that I like, you know, that I've seen a million yeah. times. Yeah. So, but, uh, but even then, um, adding kind of your best kind of like pulling everything together 20 minutes in, um, is, mm-hmm. uh, is kind of ballsy, kind of ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it is kind of sad because I mean, I think that, I think that, uh, um, I mean, obviously the Clerks the Animated Series kind of showed that it, I think that it can work. Um, if Clerks the Animated Series was like a Netflix series now or a, um, a late night comedy central or adult swim show, um, yeah. I think it'd probably do really well. Um, uh, although, uh, although I always think about because like, I don't know if it can be the sort of edgy, I don't know if Kevin would want it to be the sort of edgy, that you need to be for like to compare to like Rick and Morty or something like that. Right. Um, like Rick and Morty is not, it doesn't have fuck shit motherfucker all the time. Um, like clerks, clerks probably would have to, um, just to be, you know, interesting mm-hmm. enough. I don't, I don't know what, um, but it doesn't have, doesn't have the, like, I don't know the, the, the weirdness, the weird offensiveness that like most adult swim shows have. 
um, yeah. that it would do. So, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to think where a clerks or even a mall rats or whatever, like TV show would actually fit. Um, if yeah. anywhere, I'm not quite sure it would now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause when I, there was a couple of years ago when I was on an, like tour bus with Kevin Smith at mm-hmm. Comic-Con <laughs> and, uh, when he opened it up for Q and a, a lot of the people were, they were literally just there to be part of the comic book men TV show. And they, they didn't really have anything to ask him. So I stepped in and I asked a couple of questions. And first thing I asked about was the clerk's cartoon and whether he had any ideas about reviving it down at some point. And he's like, yeah, I'm always talking about blah, 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 blah. And all I could think was like, that's awesome. Cause I loved the clerk's cartoon, but I do wonder like what version of that show finds an audience in yeah. what, what, what then would have been 2015. Yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, I, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I think that I, I, I don't know what, uh, Kevin's reach is, uh, in his, in the askew, uh, whatever his, I, I forget what askew, um, askew.com. Askew, no, no. Oh, what his, what the website is. Cause I mean, I remember back in the, you know, early 2000s, like that was a hearty website. Like that was a forum yeah. that, you know, any, anything would get, you know, thousands of comments on and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, it's, it's almost like it would be great as a, um, you know, crowdfunded, um, like YouTube series or Facebook series or whatever, you know, whatever the video, you know, on demand platform that it would be just because it wouldn't have to pull in anyone other than Kevin Smith fans. Um, right. Which is that I think Kevin does best in like, and I'm, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people like, you know, I see Kevin tweeting all the time or, you know, quote tweeting, you know, people would be like, dude, used to be funny. What happened? Um, and I go, I fucking love his, like, I love his films that he's been doing. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, and it, and it has a lot to do with the fact that I love the fact that he's clearly doing only what he wants to do, and there's yeah. so few directors that get to do that ever, um, because most and directors the ones that, that are there favorite. are like, yeah, yeah, well, no, <laughs> the ones who do get to do that are like, it's usually like David Lynch and mm. Steven Soderbergh, where it's yeah. like what they want to do is borderline incomprehensible and yeah. like good for them that they're making those films. But at the same time, it's like Kevin Smith is doing exactly what he <laughs> wants to do. And also, by the way, it's mostly entertaining for literally anybody who's not taking also, it too seriously. Also, except for like Steven, you know, like Sonberg also is able to be like, I want to do this weird ass thing, but Brad Pitt, will you be star? Will you star in it for me? And Brad Pitt goes, yeah, yeah that's sure, fair. Why not? You know, so it's like, I'm going to doesn't have a Brad Pitt to be yeah. able to be like, okay, so we know we'll be able to at least pull like a $5 million budget off of the fact that Brad Pitt will show up for free. You know, like the way that Soderbergh has to know. Um, yeah, you know. it's like, I'm going to remake, I'm going to remake a Russian sci-fi film that nobody remembers from 30 years ago. Hey, George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually really like that film. Um, no, so I, I do too. I'm just like, it's such an absurd idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and again, that was a very like early 2000s thing, right? I mean, it's early 2000s. Uh, anyway. I think I want to say 2002. Jesus Christ. Everything I, seems I know like it, it must have been in the 90s, and then I realized oh, it's I like the mid-2000s, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm so fucking old. Um, yeah. I was watching The Last Castle earlier today, and I'm like, oh, that was a 90s film, and I'm like, 
Oh my God, no, it was 2002. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, I, I remember when that was a new release at the video store, so I'm like, wow, yeah. that I, I feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it is an, it, it is an interesting thing because, because, I mean, most, you know, um, I think that if you, if you were to go through a lot of like directors and, and what their older products would have, like to be able to have a turnaround, there's, there's a place for them. Uh, but I don't know what Kevin Smith's, place on tv is yeah um at least if you're using the kind of the the world that exists now i think that he probably he could definitely come out with a an original sitcom idea if it's something yeah. that he wanted to do which i can't imagine why it would be um because again he's like i, I i'm so i'm just so fucking happy that uh well beyond i'm just happy that kevin is is alive today um but uh, um because of recent experiences um but i'm just so happy that uh he's turned out to be a director that is just okay with doing what he wants to do yeah um, no i agree completely like i mean other than i mean like it's like i i it's weird to put him in the world of john sales but he's mm-hmm. almost like the I don't know what version of John Sales where it's just like, no, nah, no, no. I know that I probably could turn yeah. around and make a ton of money and like write other things, you know, write action films and do whatever dialogue or whatever, just be like the guy that turns in, which is something that John Sales used to do, you know? Um, but, but no, no, I just want to make my like $5 million films or whatever and make $10 million on them. And that's it. And yeah. that's, that's fucking fantastic. It just... No, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that Kevin Smith has said in some of his like recent stand-up stuff that I, I really appreciate is after a couple of movies flopped, I think it was after Zack and Miri. Yeah. He was just, he came to the, like, he, he toyed with the idea of retiring. He even announced he was going to stop making movies. And then yeah. what he realized was that he didn't want to stop making movies. He just wanted to stop making movies that flopped. And so he basically decided like, well, to hell with it. I'll only make movies that I can afford to make out of pocket. And then if I can make enough money off of it to afford to do the next one, then I'm, I'm in good shape. Yeah. And there's something really, there's something really likable about that concept. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what movie I watched. I don't know if it was recently or if it's just something I remember like well enough, but like there's a movie where the one actor is saying or one character is saying to another, you're like, what, what you, what you got to do is figure out what your fuck you money is. Like how much money you need to do, you need to have so that you can say fuck you. Oh, it's God damn it. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, John Goodman is in it and they have a lucky man playing the soundtrack in it. Um, it's fucking weirdly good because, um, I'm really sorry that I can't think of it right now because it's, it's not a film that you would think it's gambling and I'm just trying to gambler, the gambler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The gambler. And I'm saying it's not a film that you would think would be amazing because it's Mark Wahlberg is the main character and he plays right, a right. literature teacher and I'm not fucking kidding. Um, it's a fucking goddamn fantastic film. Um, and it's not just because they have music from, uh, my favorite film of all time, Oh Lucky Man. Um, but it's, it's a really great film. And he has, is this whole rant to be like, you know, what you need to do is you need to have fuck you money. It's like, you know, somebody yeah. says, you got to do this and you can say fuck you. 
And, you know, and to me, that's, you know, that's, that's, I think when you, when any director is able to, if, if a director is able to get to that point when he can say, fuck you, I don't want to do this or whatever. And that's, you know, yeah. that to me is where, you know, I'm, I'm so help- thankful that, uh, Kevin Smith is, um, <laughs> at least mentally, you know, whether or not, I don't believe yeah. he has like boatloads of money, but I'm so happy that he's in that. Um, mental space where he goes, I mean, especially after the heart attack where he's just like, fuck you. I don't need to do what you want, what you may want me to do. I get to do yeah. whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. yeah. And again, I, I've had the same experience as you. You see all these people who are just like, oh man, I used to love you so much more when blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that his response to that typically is like, <laughs> well, I'm glad I made you happy at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, before that becomes into just like, I have, I have, it's, it's in the last like couple of years, I've just really, really <laughs> refallen because there's a, there's a big span there. Um, probably after, maybe not after mall rats, maybe after dogma, I would say that I kind of was like eh, about Kevin Smith. And then the last couple of years yeah, when yeah. he's just been making kind of what he wants to make, I'm like, I, like, I don't, I don't even, it's not even the fact that I love this guy's work as much as I just love personally, like, I'm a huge fanboy of Kevin Smith. Not of Kevin Smith's work <laughs> as much as Kevin Smith as a person, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I, I, yeah. I wrote a story a while yeah. back for comic book that was basically like, you know, the 10 reasons why we love Kevin Smith. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of it had nothing to do with the films. It was just about like Kevin the guy. Yeah. And I just remember, uh, he, he like quote tweeted my article yeah. and said to me something along the lines of, uh, is Russ Burlingame secretly my mom? Because like, <laughs> holy shit. And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I'm sorry. At some point, by the way, I, I, like we haven't done it yet, but we need to do, we fucking need to do ho- yoga hosiers. I yes, can't yeah. actually believe how much I genuinely love that film. Like I tweeted that out and Kevin, like, I think Kevin retweeted it or whatever, which is like more than enough reason to tweet something out. Um, but like, I mean, and, and I'm saying that not as because, you know, oh, I get, you know, the attention that, that Kevin Smith yeah, retweeting yeah. something would get, but because, because like, I mean, when Clark, I mean, Kevin Smith is one of the founders of independent cinema as we know it. And, and like, right. he's one of the reasons I went to film school. Um, I was such a huge fanboy of Kevin Smith when I was in film school in 2000 at SUNY Purchase. Like, and, yeah. and all my other film school, uh, like people were like, you know, fanboys of like Tim Burton, you know what I mean? Like, like Artie, yeah. you know, like edgy, whatever, you know, mainstream directors. And I'm like, no, I love Kevin Smith. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and I, you know, I didn't get that much shit for it, but I, you know, got a little bit of shit for it. But, uh, like, at some point, like, I fucking stand by Yoga Hosiers was one of the best films of 2016 to enjoy. Like, not, not, it was well, shockingly well done for what it was. <laughs> because right. if you, like, just read the description of it and you'd be like, how the fuck are you going to pull that off? Or why would you pull that off? Yeah. And then you go, oh my God. And also, by the way, two, two main characters who aren't really professional actresses um yeah <laughs> johnny depp's daughter lily rose depp and kevin smith's daughter harley quinn smith um yeah 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Uh, yes, we need, we should actually probably do that, uh, either next yeah. or very, very soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts before we, uh, this is one of those things like, uh, if you love Kevin Smith the way that we do, then probably, yes, you should take a look at the bizarre abortion that is this clerk's pilot <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I, I don't. I can't think of another reason why you would have to do it. Uh, I mean, if it's, you know, to me, there's a little bit of, um, cause I mean, like the more and more I, I don't work, I don't work in the entertainment industry the way that you do. I just kind of play mm-hmm. around it in a little bit and I'm fascinated kind of, and but I get to have, I get to have the interest, not the professional interest. Yeah. But I get to have the interest in, in how kind of the industry works, like what doesn't work and what does. And so like watching when you watch and kind of actually can kind of look at it and analyze, um, pilots or, you know, like, I mean, or just even, you know, a lot of the, the films that we've reviews reviewed lately, like cartel 2045 or tremors and things like that. And kind of Mm. talk about like, well, this is the shit that actually makes, this is either the shit that happens behind the scenes, like a clerk's pilot that, that never sees the light of day, even though it somehow sees the light of day, which is also kind of a, which is almost (laughs) a conversation. Like how the fuck does something see the light of day that, has no reason. No one wants this to be seen. Like, there's not an actor <laughs> on this show. No, I mean, no, but I mean, like, we didn't actually touch upon it. But the guy that played Dante is a huge fucking Hollywood film producer now. Like, yeah, yeah. He produced one of the, uh, <laughs> he produced at least one of the, uh, um, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible films. movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, and like his list of fucking crazy ass shit. I mean, Carrie Russell, if I was Carrie Russell, I'd be like, burn the fucking tapes. <laughs> like, here's a million dollars, <laughs> burn them. I don't want you to see this because even though she's the character that she's supposed to be, she's doing fine. I'd be like, I want nothing yeah. to do with this. I've won 17 fucking Emmys at this point or whatever the fuck she's done. I'm sure she's won a lot. Um, yeah. you know, but, uh, actually it's, oh no, it's not, she's not in the impact. Mission Impossible that the guy produced. Um, but, ah. um, but I mean, like the guy from, the guy playing Dante, basically, uh, he's done, he's done six total of six acting roles, but has like 14 producer credits, most of which, right. like probably his produce production credits include like probably $600 million worth of films. Um, so this guy yeah. probably is worth at least a couple million dollars. Like at this point, it's like, it's crazy to think about like where people's careers and money and things are gone. And so it's, it, I don't know, that's, that's actually more, more than even the show itself. Um, interesting to want to actually like kind of go through and be like, Jesus Christ, like this guy, even though he didn't do well at acting is probably done quite yeah. considerably better at producing. But yeah, anyway, that's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but also, yeah, I, you know, fuck, fuck, uh, Harvey, uh, Harvey Weinstein for anything he might have had to do with this TV show and, and also yeah. everything else that he's done. And I hope he dies yeah. in jail. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it, I mean, that's one thing that's worth, uh, obviously, Miramax having to do with anything at this point means Harvey Weinstein having to do with anything. Kevin has done as thorough a job as one can do, uh, severing ties from yes. that. Uh, and, and again, it's one of those things where, uh, Smith certainly said a lot of nice things about him on commentary tracks over the years and stuff like that. But I, I, I believe him when he says, like, look, I had no idea what was going on. This is just a dude who chilled for me in my career. And so I said nice things about him. Uh, I, I tend to, like, I have no reason to disbelieve it because Smith is, is a shooter. Uh, so it's definitely, it's always worth kind of thinking about the fact that, like, oh yeah, he was, yeah, it wasn't, it's 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 always so weird and and actually I was wrong in the sense that this was not Miramax this was Touchstone which makes sense because I, I remember there being a big push when the Clerks cartoon came out that that one and some other show that they were doing at the time were the first two shows from Miramax Television yeah uh, so I don't even know for sure that Weinstein had anything to do with this although presumably he did because he was an EP on clerks in terms of he was the one who bought it from uh for, or bought the the distribution rights yeah also but, i mean uh, kevin has already donated he's donating all the proceeds from weinstein productions to a charity of some kind i forget what fuck I yeah i think it's a, I, I think it's a better better yeah, shelter yeah. i can't i can't be 100 yeah. percent sure yeah i was just trying to remember i think but, there's yeah. a more i think there's a more modern term <laughs> that's that's actually why I was like I I, I think there's yeah, a, yeah there's a different term for it but yes yes but uh, yeah I, again like uh, in terms of reviewing this actual content I, we're probably the per- the people who have spent the most time actually <laughs> reviewing like actually trying to say something about this mm-hmm. thing uh, other than yeah. probably Kevin because Kevin's the kind of person that once you start him talking he'll just go yeah and again <laughs> um, Kevin but, anytime you want to come on the podcast and and talk yeah, about exactly. it, even though you come on the podcast and immediately we're going to change the subject to the animated series because, uh, yeah, we want to talk about this, maybe this pilot for like five minutes and get to hear you say, yeah, I, I, fuck, fuck everything involved in this. And then we can talk about the animated series, which is probably <laughs> I'm kind yeah. of ashamed to say, I think it's probably the product of, that Kevin produced that I like most. <laughs> like, like dogma's amazing. Um, Ball rats is I probably watched a million times. Clerks is 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 like is kind of like a gem of independent film. Um but yeah. I like the animated series <laughs> like so fucking much. <laughs> like I after watching this, I after watching this pilot, I spent like thirty minutes afterwards watching Clerks the animated series <laughs> because nice. it was in the YouTube like up next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and again, we will talk about that at some point very soon. So that's that. That's something to look forward to, uh, or not, depending on how much you enjoyed this episode. But uh, you should uh, you should like, rate, share, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at ECV underscore podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Emerald City Video Podcast. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Russ Burlingame, R-U-S-S-B-U-R-L-I-N-G-A-M-E. And how can people find you, Zach? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ZD Roberts, R-O-B-E-R-T-S, and uh, on Facebook at uh, Zach D. Roberts. And he's the one who's verified because he's fancy. Yes, I am. So thank you for listening, and we will be back very soon. Uh, at, at the very, very latest, uh, we will have a new episode up on June 12th looking at Jurassic Games because I've already produced, ah, edited, yes. and set that to publish. Yes. So. <laughs> Not to be confused with the other film with the Jurassic title, by the way. Yeah, the far inferior one, I'm sure. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Lower budget.